Welcome to D3 Nation, now don't you change the station, oh lord knows it has just begun. We're talking all the motivation from years of dedication, discovering who's number one. The fight is never done, you gotta dig down inside for who you're destined to be. The war is never won, so talk it out with your host, Gennaro and Welcome to D3 D3 Wrestling is officially back. Two Division Three events took place this past weekend. Olivet took on Defiance, and they had over 27 individual matchups. And the Star City Classic, another great event, took place down in Roanoke, Virginia. A lot of really good individual matchups down there as well and looking to forward to this weekend the american rivers conference and the college conference of illinois and wisconsin start their conference dual schedule this weekend excited for these wrestlers coaches and programs going to be a great feeling to get out and compete again it's been a while today's episode features north central college men's and women's head coach joe norton Norton competed for North Central from 2006 to 2010. He was a four-year starter for the Cardinals. He started his coaching career at North Central as a graduate assistant. Shout out to all the GAs out there starting their careers. And now has the Cardinals in a position to contend for a team trophy. North Central finished 14th in the NWCA dual ranking last year and had five national qualifiers. A lot of momentum with this program. Norton is a Cardinal through and through. He is excited about the men's and women's program's future, and there's no doubt he is a big factor, very passionate about the sport of wrestling. Enjoy the show. We got head coach Joe Norton out at North Central College joining the show today. Joe, how are you doing today? We're doing good out here, man. How are you guys? Good, man. Good. Good, man. You know, college wrestling is, is bumping. We got senior level wrestling all over the place. It's great to see. Um, we got some con- competition on the horizon, more, more close for you guys out West. So just talk about that a little bit, how training has been going for you guys. And, and, you know, you got your first set of duels coming up next weekend. Yeah. So we were able to get our students back on January 2nd. Um, they all had to do, you know, re-entry COVID testing before they could come back on campus. Um, now we're in a three day a week testing cycle. So they'll test, um, you know, essentially Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, you know, in a saliva test that we can get results back either same day or early the next morning. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, so we've been going now for, for about two weeks uh, and it's been so far so good. We're, we're in pods right now. So they're in pods of four to five, um, you know, to limit exposure. And then if we do get a, do get a test, it, it hopefully doesn't take out the whole team. So um, it's been really good so far. We've been busy coaching both men and women and splitting the team into pods, but uh, you know, we love it. So it's been good. Awesome. So, also, you have the men's and women's program out there. The women's, uh, when, when do you guys bring that in? When, when did you guys add women's wrestling? Yeah, we added in, uh, in 2018. Uh, it's actually a pretty funny story. I lift weights with our, our athletic director, who's our former head wrestling coach. He's in the D3 NWCA Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, it was during the 2016 Rio Olympics, actually, kind of right after Helen you know, won her gold and women's wrestling was kind of the talk of the town, right? But um, Haley Aguello was a girl that was on the Olympic team. She was our 48 kilogram rep that year. Um, she was actually a sophomore in college at the time at King University. 
um, which is a, you know, a perennial power in women's wrestling, but she's from Lockport, Illinois, which is about 25 minutes from our campus. Um, and in 2016, kind of like during the Olympics, we actually added women's bowling here at North Central. Um, I was kind of joking with our AD, kind of half joking, like, hey, man, what the heck are we doing adding women's bowling when we could add women's wrestling? Um, we have an amazing wrestling facility, a pretty good men's team. And a girl like this that's from down the road might have had a closer to home option, right? Um, and then he actually came back to me like two months later and I was like, hey, were you serious about that women's wrestling thing? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm serious about it if you are. Um, that kind of got the ball rolling. We put a proposal together and pitched it and ran it up the line and then added women's wrestling officially in May of 2018. Took a year to recruit and started competing last year in, in uh, the 1920 season. Wow, that's awesome. That is, that is definitely a funny story, but, you know, it comes full circle. Now, now you have both programs up and running. And, you know, women's program is very young, but you, you're in a hotbed recruiting-wise. you got a great roster, women's-wise, and uh, competing at a very high level right away. So um, why don't you talk about a little bit about being the head coach of, of both programs and, you know, how your coaching staff – I know you have a great coaching staff out there as well and, um, you know, how you guys all work together to, to get the most for your athletes. Yeah. Um, women coaching the women's team is definitely a little bit different, um, in a lot of ways, but in recruiting, especially, uh, there's no division one wrestling really yet. Uh, there's, there's one program as of now, which is in South Carolina at a small school, just like ours. Um, so what that means is we can actually call, you know, the, the best high school girls wrestlers in the country. Um, you know, we just had a girl commit to us on Thursday of this week that's ranked as the number 10 girl in the class, you know, on the, on the, the big board. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you're not calling the number 10 guy in the class. He's committed to some big 10 school early in his junior year. Right. So mm -hmm. um, that makes it fun. You can actually recruit, you know, the best girls in the country. I have a, you know, we have a girl that's a sophomore now that last year as a freshman actually qualified for the Olympic trials. So she'll go in April and, and uh, wrestle in the Olympic trials as an 18 year old. So um, it's a lot of fun. You coach some really high level athletes. And, uh, you know, beyond that, it's, it's, you know, you could say to some degree wrestling's wrestling, obviously the biggest difference in, in terms of training is the girls are wrestling freestyle. The guys are wrestling folk style. Um, we have a great appreciation for freestyle over here. So we really enjoy it. Um, yeah, we're pulling girls from all over the country. This is only our second year with a team and we have 11 different States represented already. Um, Alaska and, and Maryland and everywhere in between. So, um, it's been a lot of fun flying girls in for visits and some of them never been in the Chicagoland area. Um, you know, getting in here for the first time. And uh, we're really lucky with our location. And, and North Central has a strong tradition overall in athletics. Um, and so I think it's a bit of a the perfect storm for us. But uh, we're at 28 girls now in the second year. I think we'll get over 40, um, you know, in year three next year. So, so far, it's been a lot of fun, man. That's awesome. Um, so, for, for you, obviously, you have the responsibility with men's and women's. And obviously, we'll get into the men's here in a little bit. But just to keep it going with the women's, for how many on your coaching staff are full-time and uh, and helping out with, with both programs? Yeah, so uh, that's a good question. When when they asked me to do, you know, we kind of made the, the pitch and put the proposal together, I was kind of operating under the assumption that I would maybe help with the hiring of a coach and, and you know, help ease them in here. I've been at North Central forever, haven't gone to school here even. Um, you know, when we finally sat down with the VP, the, the message from them was, well, we're going to do this if you agree to be the coach. Um, and uh, right away I said, yeah, you know, I'm down for that, but here's what I got to have. And the first thing was, you know, we got to have a full-time assistant coach. Um, we kind of already needed one for the men's team and the regional that we're in, we're up mm -hmm. against 
teams that already have it for their men's team, right? Right. Um, and I said, so we got to have a full-time assistant. And then we have a men's GA. I said, we got to have a women's GA um, who's preferably going to be a female, you know, always. And, uh, you know, then the same, same part-time stipend allotment that our men's team has. So uh, we were fortunate enough to hire uh, Zach Cook, who had been at UW Lacrosse, um, who is phenomenal. Um, you know, I'll say, I think he's no disrespect to either of you guys. I think he's one of the best assistant coaches in the country. Um, he, he's just top notch. I mean, his, his knowledge is through the roof. Uh, he runs circles around around others in, in terms of recruiting. And uh, I think he's just the best in the business. So I got really lucky there. Uh, so, so Coach Cook and I both work with uh, the men and the women's team. And then uh, our graduate assistant uh, is Brittany Marshall. And she was a, uh, a national champ down at Wayland Baptist in Texas, which is the number one program in NAIA this year. Um, national champ there, four-time All-American, um, was third at the World Team Trials in 2017. So she made a national team, um, you know, a wealth of knowledge there. And then our men's GA actually helps out with the women's team as well. Uh, it's not in his contract, but he enjoys doing it. So, um, you know, on the men's side, uh, you got myself and Coach Cook, and then our, our GA, Mike Bukulchus, who wrestled for me, and then a handful of part-time assistants. And then on the women's side, uh, myself, Cook, Coach Brittany, and Coach Mike. That's awesome. I mean, it's definitely a lot of moving parts. So with Coach Cook, did you know him before the hiring process, or was it just like um, pretty much like this is the guy I want and I'm going to go get him? Yeah, good question. That's absolutely what it was. Um, I know him a little bit. I have a good relationship with Coach Malachek at lacrosse. Uh, he's one of the guys in this game that I respect probably as much as anybody. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my coach, Kevin Bratlin, had wrestled for, you know, for Coach Malachek at Warburg. So there was always that connection, right? But, okay. um, yeah, he was kind of a guy that I had pegged early on just in seeing his passion and coaching and seeing the guys respond to him the way they did. They, he brought guys out to our tournament here. And we see lacrosse a decent amount. Okay. Um, and so I kind of had him pegged, had, to, had put a bug in his ear um, during the 2018-19 season. You know, first kind of just, hey, would you be interested in coaching women? You know, and, and, he, and he certainly was. Um, and just looking for a, a full-time job, you know, coaching wrestling. So um, Great. it was actually Malchick called me after I had kind of started to court Cook a little bit and, and told me, hey, you know, <laughs> to be honest, Dave said, I can't really afford to lose him. Um, <laughs> kind of bragged about how good he is. Yeah, and I remember saying, hey, Dave, you're just making me want the guy even more. So um, we yeah. got it done. And obviously, it's a full time opportunity for him. So I think Malchak and those guys were obviously happy for him. Right. Um, but he was definitely the guy. We were at the national tournament in 2019 and uh, we only had one qualifier. So I did a lot of sitting in the stands, but um, sitting next to my wife and pointed him out. I said, that guy down there is the guy that we want um, if he'll take the job. So uh, we brought him out for an interview and he was the only guy that came out. He, you know, there wasn't really a list. Uh, Coach Cook was the list, but. So gotcha. I got lucky that that uh, it, things fell into place there. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and if you look at all the better programs across the country, <laughs> you're as good as your assistant coaches. So that's really great to hear. And then before we move on with women's wrestling, um, have you heard anything about it getting sanctioned officially? I know it's been a lot of here. It's like one of the fastest growing sports and the NCAA has recognized it a few times. And then another question on top of that, in your area, because you said you recruit nationally, but how many states around you are sanctioned for wrestling uh, that you could go recruit and um, besides Fargo and all that? Yeah, good question. So uh, girls wrestling at the high school level is the fastest growing um, girl sport in America. Uh, numbers are through the roof. It's awesome. Uh, 
unfortunately, there are a number of states who are, are just dragging their feet with sanctioning girls wrestling and we're way behind uh, where we should be. Uh, I think California this year will have it's either their 11th or 12th girls state tournament. Um, California and Hawaii and Washington are kind of way out in front of everybody. And then you see it. I mean, those are the girls you want right now. Um, Texas is, is also well out in front of everybody. They've had a girls state tournament for probably at least 10 years. Um, wow. you know, and here in Illinois, which is an amazing state for boys wrestling, right? Um, yeah. freestyle and folk style. Uh, we finally just announced uh, in the spring of 20, uh, that they're going to add it, you know, moving forward here, if they continue to meet their numbers. So, okay. um, around us, you know, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Iowa are in the same boat where they're kind of a year or two away from it officially becoming a high school. Um, association sanctioned sport okay at the NCAA level um, you know we've been granted emerging sport status um, you know so there's the hoops you got to jump through there you got to be at 40 schools and you got to maintain 40 schools for four years okay um, and so I believe we're at 42 now Sacred Heart uh, announced uh, probably a couple months ago that's a division one school in Connecticut um, that that put us at I think 42 so now as long as we maintain that which I, I imagine we will most of the programs are, are relatively new so I don't think they'd get dropped right away. Yeah. Um, you know, then we'll, we'll be on pace to have a NCAA championship. I think 23 would be the first year we're eligible for that. So awesome. at the upcoming NCAA convention, uh, women's wrestling is, is making their pitch with equestrian acrobatics and tumbling and women's rugby. Um, and so uh, I, we fully expect it to, to go through Julia Salata, uh, who's an assistant coach at King is kind of leading that charge with the rest like a girl organization. So uh, we fully expect it to get done. We're just, we're a little impatient. We want an NCAA championship now, Definitely, um, you know, but it's coming. It's, it's coming for sure. Yeah. Cause right now it's technically NWCA. That's like, okay. Yeah. Which yeah, is still runs our tournament. Yeah, yeah. Which is still good. You know, definitely. Cause they do a good job running the, the club um, national championship as well for men's. And then, yeah, like you said, like with those states, like I definitely thought Iowa would have it sanctioned, right? I mean, such, such a big wrestling state. And I know there's rumors over here in Pennsylvania right now that it's very close to being sanctioned, which would be huge. Those are two main hotbeds in wrestling that need to have it. And I think it will just keep growing after that. So, um, yeah, that's good it's funny stuff, because the way they're so stubborn about it is it's kind of like, you know, the state organizations say, you've got to show us the girls first, you know, and, and you know, people are coming back on the women's wrestling side and saying, well, as soon as you give the girls a girls only team and they don't have to wrestle boys and get their butt kicked, um, you know, you'll have more girls. So it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. Right. Um, but uh, I think now you're getting to the point in Iowa, the numbers are through the roof. There's no excuse yeah. for Iowa to be this far behind. They have so many girls at their coaches association state tournament. So yeah, it's yeah. just a matter of time at this point. You're, you know, as wrestlers we're we're impatient, we want it now, uh, but it's mm -hmm. awesome. Cool. So now moving forward now to kind of more your uh, wrestling story and personal life. So with the sport of wrestling, did you play any other sports growing up? Um, I did a little bit. Uh, I was actually hesitant to get into wrestling when I was younger. My older brother did it um, and my dad wanted to get me into it. And, and I was a little reluctant. Um, and with my brother going to practice, already being bigger than me and older than me, but going to wrestling practice um, and coming home, just beating the crap out of me in the living room every day. Um, I think I finally just went to dad one day and was like, I'm coming to practice. Like I got to figure <laughs> this out. Um, and so I think I was six years old, five or six when I started, my brother started when he was four. Um, so, you know, already being older than me, he had two or three year head start on me. So I was playing catch up right away in the living room battles, but, uh, yeah, wrestled all the way through. Um, you know, I did quit one year in seventh grade, we changed schools and I wanted to play basketball to make some friends. I was terrible at basketball. So I came <laughs> right back to wrestling the next year. 
Um, I did play boys volleyball one year, but no, I mean, it's really been wrestling. I played a little bit of football until about sixth grade and then everybody started growing. I stayed the same size. Um, So right now I'm a 33 year old man that weighed 134 this morning. So um, I've never been very big for my, you know, for my age at all. Gotcha. So when you were starting to transition through um, to middle school, the high school, that's when you kind of mainly focused on wrestling. Yep. Yeah. And I went to Montini Catholic here in Illinois, which is kind of the powerhouse program in Illinois. It's a top five program in the country. So um, when I got into that environment and it was just, man, I was just surrounded by people that were incredibly passionate about it and incredibly competitive. Um, I think that just really got me going in it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's a really good program. Actually, isn't the Michigan's starter from, from there as well right now that Dylan Raggison? Dylan Raggison. Man, I remember then that when that kid was a freshman, and this is on, you know, a top five high school team in the country. I saw him wrestle. I said, that's the best kid on the team already. Um, wow. And that's on a team that had Real Woods on it, Will Luan on it, um, Fidel Mayor on it. All these kids are at, at Michigan, Stanford, other D1 programs. But yeah, Ragason's a special one, man. Look out for Yeah. That. Yeah, he, he's off to a great start. I mean, even in freestyle, he, he made a splash at Senior Nationals. You know, he had a great tournament. And then obviously his debut, he pinned that kid from Rutgers. So it's just good to see. Good to see that. Um, kind of. St- I mean, I'm sure Illinois fans are probably saying, "Why is he not Illinois? He's at Michigan." But <laughs> yeah, yeah, we ask uh, that question a lot <laughs> about <laughs> Illinois guys. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's one like you said, Illinois is one of the premier states wrestling wise. So, but now it's just good to see that. Um, so moving forward, you know, you, you have a pretty successful high school career. Recruiting wise, how that all come about? You know, were you looking at other places, or were you kind of looking for the smaller school vibe? Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. So I was a senior 103 pounder. Um, and uh, I probably should have been at 112. I was cutting a lot of weight. But uh, again, being on the team I was on, we had a state champ at 12 that I couldn't beat. So it was gotcha. either you cut down to 103 or you go 19. Um, being a senior 103 pounder, I wasn't all that highly recruited. I wasn't good enough, period, to wrestle Division One anyway. Um, and so I was recruited a little bit. Um, lacrosse reached out. Um, and uh, my parents, my mom and dad both went to Stevens Point. Um, so my mom and dad took me to a visit there, but they, they weren't really recruit me. Um, and I remember at the time, this is funny because this is our biggest rival is Elmhurst. But, okay. uh, you know, this was 2005 when I was being recruited. Um, and Steve Marinetti is a big name after that, that, you know, big win over Lincoln McElravey. And I remember kind of wanting to go to Elmhurst, but they didn't seem to have much interest in me. Um, and uh, Eric Keller was the head coach at North Central that year. He spent one year here before he went back to Warburg. Um, okay. and he just recruited the heck out of me. And I don't know why he, I miss it. He came and watched me wrestle and must've saw something he liked. Um, but he was just all over me. And I remember just being, you know, thinking, I don't, I don't care what school that guy's at. I want to wrestle for him. So I remember right. thinking that. So for me, it was a pretty easy decision. And then things kind of were crazy because, uh, in August he actually left. Uh, I was okay. ready to come on, come on campus. He left to go back to Warburg, uh, cause Malachek had, had been the head assistant and went to lacrosse. So they brought Keller back to Warburg. Um, and so I, then I was kind of back in the air, like, I would, do I really want to go to the school? Um, you know, right. the primary reason I was going there is now gone. Um, so I kind of reopened my recruitment, looked at Whitewater. Um, but uh, ultimately, uh, the, the new coach at North Central was going to be Bratlin, and he reached out and, uh, you know, kept me on board. And it was the best decision I've ever made. And I've kind of been here ever since. I, I spent 10 months in my first head coaching job elsewhere, but came right back. Um, and, uh, man, it's, it's, uh, I could talk all day about how great North central is. I do it every day in the recruiting process, but for me, uh, it was the best decision I've ever made easily. That's awesome. Okay. And, and then 
so you said right when you were coming in, Keller left. So yeah, obviously that's that's a pretty big, pretty big swing. Um, but this was this coach on staff. Did you already know this coach coming in? Was he on staff already there? Yeah. So actually, one day in the summer, uh, I was getting ready to go to Disney Duels, and um, it's funny because I was cutting to 103 again, and you get a five pound allowance at the Disney Duel, so it's 108. But I remember Keller being not happy. He's like, "Hey, man, we got to get you big." Like you're done with this 103 thing and it's, it's June and you're still trying to make 103 and, and we need you at 25. Um, you know, but, but that day that he brought me up, Hey, come work out with the college guys. Um, he introduced me to Kevin Bratlin. He said, Hey, this is going to be our new assistant wrestled for me at Warburg runner okay. up two time all American, all that. So I had met Kevin. Um, and then when, when Keller called me, uh, probably about a month later, um, and said, Hey, I'm going back to Warburg. He said, you know, uh, we're pretty sure Kevin's going to be the head coach. You know, things official, but, you know, that's really what we're pushing for. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he wanted to make sure he left the program in, in good hands. And so there was a little bit of comfortability there knowing that, you know, everything that I liked about Keller, I was probably still going to get, you know, in my, in my coach. And I would say that's certainly the, the, the case um, after wrestling for Kevin for four years. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, just, you know, kind of talk. So you're finally there. Um, for, was your first year a little bit of a struggle since you were still small or, did where by the time the season came around, you were kind of closer to 125. Yeah. I mean, I was probably weighing like 26, 27. Um, I wasn't supposed to be the starter. We had a senior at the weight who was really, really good. Um, early in the year, he beat a couple all Americans at the, at a couple opens that we went to, um, he ended up having some academic issues and I got thrust into the lineup. Um, and I went 13 and 18. Um, so I, I wouldn't say I had a particularly great season as a freshman, but, um, I had to learn, uh, first of all, how to win at this level. Uh, I had to learn the sacrifices you have to make. I got to college and was like, oh, man, I live in the dorms with my friends. I can do whatever I want. Right. I had to realize you got to sacrifice some of the social stuff if you're going to be a good wrestler at this level. Um, and my coaches just poured into me. I think they saw how passionate I was about it. Um, Kevin Bratton was probably the perfect coach for me because if you show up and you want to work hard, um, he's going to work hard for you. And so uh, I jumped levels you know, each year to where, um, you know, I got pretty darn good, um, from, from that 13 and 18, uh, just by, just by working pretty hard at it. That's great. So then when you were going into your sophomore year, then you were the guy now, like, um, you were a slotted starter. So obviously that probably builds a little more confidence for you and you were more like kind of more prepared, you know, with a whole year under your belt. So then moving forward, um, from that, was your size getting a little bit better and you kind of grew into your body and you're ready to make some noise at 25? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a pretty, uh, a pretty strict and rigorous weightlifting schedule. Um, Bratlin loves the weight room. And so, uh, yeah, I grew a little bit. I probably got up to 30, 32, but I was strong. Um, and, uh, you know, started really having a lot more success. I was on a really good team. We were top 10 team those years. Um, and, uh, yeah, really kind of grew into, grew into the weight class, uh, you know, took fourth at the regional my sophomore year after taking sixth as a freshman. So I did get progressively better. Um, you know, junior year, I was fourth at the regional again, I think I was like 32 and eight, 32 and nine. So, you know, I was making those jumps every year, um, getting better and better. Um, never got to the national tournament. I think I was ranked in the top 10, both my junior, senior year, really mm-hmm. tough regionals. My junior year, we had uh, the national returning national champ from Augsburg was Seth Flodine and the current year national champ from Elmhurst was Jake Oster, um, pinned Flodine in the finals of the regional. Um, and it was only top two go. Uh, so I was going to have to beat one of those two guys to go. 
Um, right. You know, and I didn't get it done. So I never actually got a chance to go to the national tournament. Um, as, as upset as I was about it back in the day, now I think it's just probably one of the things that's made me such a good coach is I've just always been driven to kind of scratch that itch um, and get guys through to the national tournament that are doing all the right things because I never got to do it myself. Right. Um, and then obviously with, you know, you did have some success. You like you said, you're on good teams. Did you know, like right then and then, like you want to get into coaching right away or like, how did that come about? Yeah, actually, uh, I was an English major and a, a journalism student. So I was like the editor of the newspaper on campus. I thought I was going to like work for ESPN and do that whole thing. But yeah. uh, I was always good at English, terrible at math and science. So it was an easy choice. But uh, my junior year, um, a guy that was a three-time All-American for us, Adam Johnson, signed on to be our, our grad assistant coach. And okay. uh, he was kind of my training partner. He was a 33-pounder. And uh, I got to see him do that. And he had a conversation with me like, hey, man, there's nobody that, that cares more about this team and is more invested in this team and the guys on it than you already. Um, I remember him saying that to me at, at the cafeteria one day. Um, he said, it's going to line up perfectly for you to be the GA when I'm done. Um, mm -hmm. And Coach Brown came to me and basically had the same conversation where, hey, I think you'd be really good at this. Um, and so I signed on to do it. I said, you mean I get to, to stay here for two more years and school's free? You know, sign me up, right? Versus going yeah. out in the real world and trying to find a job. So um, I did that. And then, man, it was an easy decision. Probably within that first semester of doing it, I said, why the heck would I do anything else with my life besides this? Right. Um, then it was about finding a full-time coaching job so I can make a, a living out of it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And G yeah, graduate assistant life is, I was a graduate assistant and so was my brother. So it's definitely uh, the way to go. You know, was it a two-year contract for you as well? Yeah. Yeah. Two-year program. We actually have a sports leadership master's degree. So, I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great. No, good stuff. Yeah, my mind was in athletic administration and coaching. It worked out great for me as well. So it's yeah. really great. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, shout out to to the graduate assistant position, no doubt about it's a grind. it. It's a grind. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a grind, but it's a great way to start your your coaching career. You know, so for a lot of a lot of college wrestlers, you know, that are having trouble getting into the workforce, you know, especially at the D three level, because a lot of them aren't going on to the Olympic level and, and still competing. It's a great way to get to continue education and, and start coaching. And, you know, it worked out great for us. And I'm sure a lot of people can say the same about their, their starts of their careers. Um, so you take that GA position and now you're back, you're back, uh, you know, with North central talk, talk about those, those years as a GA and what you learned uh, to help prepare you for, for the next step in your career. Yeah. Um, well, I learned right away that coaching isn't all about coaching. Wrestling isn't all about coaching wrestling. Right. <laughs> So there's a lot of other things. I mean, the recruiting aspect of it is, is just as important as any other part. Um, the fundraising aspects, I got to, um, that's the thing about being a GA is you're basically a full-time coach. If you want to be, you're here all day, every day. So you're in the office, um, you know, you're, you're listening to the conversations that your head coach has with athletes, with parents, with, with donors, with recruits. Um, and you really learn, you know, pretty quick uh, what it's going to take to do this at a high level. Um, you know, so I, I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, and I think, you know, once I got into coaching, because I had really put everything I had into my GA position, I think I was ready to go. And I was only 26 years old when I got my first head coaching job. But um, yeah, being a GA certainly helped. I mean, you got to take your lumps in terms of you're not going to be rich as a GA. You're going to take anytime there's a free meal, you're going to jump at it. Right. Um, but uh, 
you know, I think it certainly pays off in the end. If you, if you put your time in, it's absolutely worth it. Cause now, you know, I have what I would tell anybody is the best job in the world, right. Because of it. So. For sure. And now, uh, you know, Coach Braylon's out here on the East Coast at Coast Guard doing his thing and doing a great job really putting that school on the map. Uh, you know, uh, so kudos, kudos, kudos to him at, at Coast Guard for doing what he does. But now when he leaves, does that open the door for you to, to take the head job or how, how'd that all work out? Yeah, yeah, good question. So um, I was a GA here for two years and then uh, head coaching job opened at Knox College, which is in Galesburg, Illinois, down southwest of us a little bit, about three hours away from, from North Central. Um, I really didn't want to take that job. Uh, uh, our previous associate AD um, knew the AD there and really pushed me to go interview. So I kind of went to interview like, all right, I, I'll, I'll do this, at least for the experience. Um, got there and, and really was like kind of impressed, I guess, with the campus. And the, the guys on the team really didn't know anything about wrestling. And I realized I could just make a really big impact right away, even if I didn't feel I was prepared to be a head coach yet. But when I, I met those guys, I, th- I said, yeah, I can get these guys at least to an, a, another level. Um, and so I was there for one year, not even one year, about 10 months, one season. Um, and then uh, Kevin actually told me, hey, I'm taking this job at the Coast Guard Academy in Connecticut. And uh, I mean, for me, it was a no brainer. Uh, I applied at North Central and uh, had a really good relationship with the AD already. Again, he was a former wrestling coach. Um, and I had a lot of our alumni, I think that reached out to him and said, hey, we really want you know Joe to be the guy. Um, I don't think if I, if I had done, hadn't done that one year at Knox college as a head coach, uh, that I might've gotten this job as a 27 year old. Um, so I was really fortunate too. I think Kevin certainly helped as well in, in recommending me having, you know, coached me and then, and, and had me as a GA for two years in, in terms of instilling a little bit of confidence, um, in the AD in terms of my ability to do it. Um, you know, I had a conversation with the AD where he said, you know, we know how passionate you are about North central and, and we know you're going to do a great job. So the job's yours if you want it. So yeah, it was, uh, you know, summer of 2015, you know, that I signed on to be back at, at North Central. Yeah. And that's now been, this is my seventh year as the head coach of the men's team. That's awesome. So even during, you know, that, uh, that short window, I'm sure you had a lot of experience, you know, it's, it's tough to gain that head coach experience unless you put that hat on, you know, you, you can be a full-time coach as a GA. You can be, you know, me as a full-time assistant coach and you have all the responsibilities, but it's just a different type of responsibility when you have that hat on. So I'm sure even that 10 months helped prepare you to kind of propel the North central program, which is already a very well-known and good program, but you want to get to that next level. You want to get into that trophy conversation, which in my opinion, you guys are right now, you guys have, the points there, you have the hammers there. You've done a great job recruiting. Uh, you might be the busiest guy in Division Three recruiting for men's and women's, but uh, you're doing a great job out there. So just talk about, um, you know, that experience of, you know, having that ambition to compete with, you know, you guys are in a very, very tough regional. You have Warburg, you know, Loris is doing a great job. So just talk about for you, your mindset of what you need to do that you want to get to that level which you guys are getting there right now. Yeah, I think um, for us, it was about reestablishing a winning culture because we had won a lot um, during the years that I was here. Um, eight, nine, 10, you know, 2010 was my senior. Eight, nine, 10, we won conference titles. We were a top 10 team. Um, and when I was a GA, I, I, I think we kind of fell off a little bit. Um, and I think uh, we might've got a little sloppy in our recruiting. Uh, so when I came back and took the head coaching job in 2015, um, that was the first thing we wanted to fix was just reestablishing a, a winning culture guys that 
we're passionate about wrestling, passionate about their teammates, right? And we're excited about their teammates um, and their teammates winning big matches. Uh, so getting back to the top of the conference was the first thing, you know, right away when I got here, we went four and nine in dual meets and took fourth out of four at the conference tournament. Um, so that was the smaller goal. Hey, let's get back to the top of the conference. Um, you know, we did that uh, in 2018. We finally won our first conference title again. Um, and there were some good teams in there. Milliken's a great team. Um, Elmhurst was kind of ruling the conference for a while there. And uh, Augustan always has some hammers in there. Wheaton always has some hammers in there. Um, but getting back to the top of the conference was the first goal. And then it was kind of reestablishing new goals. Okay, well, now here we are. We're, we're at the top of the conference and we're maybe ranked in the top 15, you know, 14, 15 range pretty consistently. Uh, so it was getting into the top 10 and getting into the conversation where, um, you know, we could be a team that would be considered for trophies. Um, and I would say last year was finally, you know, things came together. Um, and Coach Cook's really the largest reason for that. Um, you know, I did a, a pretty good job of getting good wrestlers here, uh, but he's kind of the guy that took them to the next level that got them from good to great, if you want to be cliche about it. But um, yeah, last year, punching five guys through to the national tournament and uh, finishing ranked somewhere in the top 10 in, in the team rankings, um, you know, and, and, and being able to kind of not necessarily put the conference in the rearview mirror, but know that the goals now are, are nationally versus versus regionally or within the conference. Um, and I think we're there. We've got, you know, a couple of guys this year that I think really truly can win national titles. Um, and uh, so it's kind of been the perfect storm with getting the right kids in here and getting the right coaching staff in here. Um, and just, you know, maybe a little bit of luck on top of that. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been awesome to see. I think you're right. I think you guys were right in that top 10, like in that final dual meet ranking and then, you know, qualifier wise, you know, five and six, it, you know, there was definitely a decent amount that did that. So, um, you know, now, now we're here now we, we have this pandemic still going on. So I'm sure, you know, you, you know, you have the roster where it's at and you're, you're kind of itching to, to see these guys get going again. So just talk about, you know, just the opportunity you guys had to train this year and, and how excited you are, you know, moving forward to see what this abbreviated season is about. Yeah. Um, well, if there's one thing that this whole COVID pandemic thing has taught us, it's that uh, you never know what you got till it's gone, right? Uh, remember the days when you can walk into a wrestling room and there were 40 guys in there ready for practice and nobody has to wear a mask and nobody has to be separated into their pod. And you could you could take this guy and, and pull him over here and put him with a different partner and, and you know, uh, act like the world is normal. Um, you know, so if there's anything that uh, that we've taken away from it, it's it's, man, we had it pretty good in the past, but we look forward to when things can be that way again. But yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's a, a feeling of, of just gratitude being able to wrestle right now after, after having it taken from us for so long. Um, you know, even though we're practicing in small pods right now and you got to have your mask on and um, you know, the team can't do things together the way we always love to do right now. Um, we're just thankful to be in the wrestling room and, and wrestling. Um, and we're constantly reminding our guys and girls that that's not happening everywhere. Um, you know, some places they've already announced we're not wrestling this season. A lot of places they've already announced that. Um, so still being able to say, hey, we have a conference dual meet schedule coming up. We have a conference championship tournament on the schedule. And as of right now, regionals and nationals are still on there. Um, you know, so we're still training for something. Um, you know, we're grateful for that. And we're working pretty hard to make sure we take advantage of it uh, when the time comes. Awesome. Uh, and so let's uh, talk about that, that competition schedule. Is it, is it public? Can, like, can you talk about it? I'm not sure if I, I've seen it on your website, but can you fill us in on what you guys have lined up coming forward? 
Yeah, so we, uh, we have a conference-only schedule. Um, so we have six teams in our conference. Uh, that's us at North Central, Elmhurst, Milliken, Augustana, Wheaton, and Carthage is a brand new program. Um, and then we also have three associate members, D3 schools that are in Wisconsin, that are in a conference that doesn't have other wrestling schools. So that's Concordia, Wisconsin, Lakeland University, and MSOE. So we actually have a nine-team conference for men's wrestling, which is awesome. Um, so we have a, a three-week, uh, basically triangular and quad uh, schedule set up. So each of the next three weeks, starting next week on the 24th, uh, we'll go and wrestle three or four duels in a day. So it's a little bit similar to what the Big Ten's doing, where you're having to get multiple duels in a day. Um, I know the, the American Rivers Conference is doing something similar as well. Uh, so we'll have that over the next three weeks. We'll actually get to duel each of the other eight teams and, and have extra matches at those events as well. And then have our conference tournament on February 13th and then gear up for regionals and nationals after that. So we'll get, you know, four competition dates in, you know, before nice. the regional. Uh, things are a little bit trickier on the women's side. Uh, the men's schedule is finalized. It's published on our website. Um, the women's schedule is a little bit trickier because we don't have a conference yet. Uh, so every team that we wrestle has to be approved. Our athletic trainers and their athletic trainers have to have a lot of conversations as far as what's your COVID testing look like? Is it up to our standards? Are you doing three times a week? Are you guys wearing masks? Are you guys wrestling in pods? You know, all that stuff. So uh, we're going to have three or four dates as well for the women, but you got to branch out a little bit further. We're going to wrestle Colorado Mesa. We're going to wrestle Tiffin, who's in Ohio. Um, you know, McKendry, who's in Southern Illinois. Adrian, who's in Michigan. So you got to bounce outside of the state a little bit on the women's side. Uh, but our administration is working really hard to make sure those girls, you know, still get a season as well. And then they'll have, uh, you know, regionals and nationals. One of our girls is uh, has been chosen for the, the Captain's Cup coming up on Flow Wrestling. So she's going to be getting ready for that too. Um, and then she'll be going to the Olympic trials in April. So we're still doing a lot of wrestling, a lot of competing around here. So we're grateful for that. That's awesome. And then <clears throat> did you guys send some uh, people uh, not to university nationals too in Ohio? Yeah. Okay. Yep, we did out in, out in uh, Omaha, Nebraska in November. Um, okay. We sent uh, two of our men, Robbie Preeson, um, who should start this year ranked number one, and Cody Baldridge, who's in the top three somewhere. They both went out there and showed out and did really well. They both went three and two. Cody was in the blood round. Um, and uh, both of them, their only two losses were, were Division One opponents. Um, you know, Cody was right there to place against uh, Jacob Rashka from Mizzou. Uh, had kind of a, a kick over four that could have gone either way. So it was a lot of fun watching him go out there and compete and have a shot at placing. And then three of our girls actually went out and did place. Uh, one of them was a runner-up in juniors, Elena McCoyed. Um, and uh, then actually wrestled U 23s and placed in that as well. And then one of our seniors, Amanda Martinez, is ranked number one at 130. Uh, she went out and took fifth at 57 kilograms. And uh, one of our sophomores, Asia Wensmith, uh, took fourth in juniors at 55. So all three of those girls came back as all Americans. So it was great for them to get on the mat again for the first time since March. Yeah, um, and it was awesome just to have them training for something, right? And have them aspiring for something mm -hmm. again after that long layoff and they didn't know when it was going to come again. So um, something to kind of see, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely. And then um, just curious, did, did you know if you, you guys heard about a regional, like who's hosting your region yet? That's a great question, man. We don't know. Loris has hosted yeah. it for forever at the five flag center in Dubuque okay. uh, for boy, the last, I think since the regionals were realigned and it became the lower Midwest, I think they've hosted it every year yeah it's a nice um, facility over there that's pretty yeah, nice. it's great yeah the national tournament was there in 2007 when i was a freshman um okay. and so it's a nice venue um you know hotels right across the street 
Uh, Dubuque's a, a kind of a central location for our regional. So it hasn't been a bad spot. Um, I think there are some people in the regional that would love to get it out of there to get, get, get Loris away from that home court advantage kind of thing, home man <laughs> advantage kind of thing. Right. But it's a great location for that. Uh, we haven't heard if that's, if that's the deal for this year yet though. Okay. Yeah. Sam, we, we haven't heard yet. I mean, obviously, well, Midwest is a little different than East coast. East coast. There's a lot of regions where um, a lot of teams canceled. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of shaking up over the next few weeks before we get to regionals because some of those regions right now only have six to seven teams and the Midwest over there is still full. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And then for on the women's side is NWC a national still on. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And actually last year you could just enter your girls in the tournament. Um, the only limit was you can only have 15 total and only have two at a weight. Okay. Um, but we didn't have a regional, so everybody could just go. Uh, this year's okay. the first year we'll have regionals and you have to place top four at your regional to go to the national tournament. Same rules apply, 15 total girls, no more than okay. two to wait. Um, but yeah, this will be our first year of the regional. As of now, it's still on the calendar, um, you know, and it's the, technically it's the National Collegiate Women's Wrestling Championships, but it's NCAA only schools. Um, okay. The NWCA and Cliff Keen put on, yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds like you get your hands full and we're looking forward to seeing how you guys do uh, competition-wise and just we're happy to see across the board a competitive schedule and teams to start going again. You know, it's it's fun to see like people start talking about it again. You see some of these rankings and um, get everything going again. But uh, for you personally, you know, we, we, we wrap up pretty much every episode with like a D3 testimonial, what D3 wrestling has meant to you in your life and in your career. So if you could put it in, some kind of you know phrase or you know short short monologue i guess of what it meant to you yeah uh well it's pretty much what meant everything to me since i got into college in in the fall of 2006 um so it's been 15 years now um where pretty much every single part of every day of my life has been about how to make North Central College wrestling national champs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's been, it, it was the perfect division for me where I could have a life uh, on top of it, but still pursue it um, with every ounce of me, uh, uh, you know, multiple times a day with, with whether it was lifting or running or, or sports psychology meeting or, or regular practice. Um, you know, I think it was, it was just perfect for me where, I could go and I could be competitive right away and I could be a part of a team of guys that wanted to win, just like the D1 guys do, you know, part of a championship that, you know, is still sponsored by the NCAA and, and still, um, you know, friends and family can watch and make a big deal out of it. Um, you know, and I think uh, most people that have been to the Division Three National Tournament love it, you know, even if, even if you didn't expect to going in. Um, you know, I tell recruits that all the time, you know, we might not wrestle uh, in big NBA arenas, uh, or big hockey arenas uh, on ESPN. But when you get in, in the arena for our championship and there's still the NCAA materials all around and, yeah. and they do it, you know, they do it right. Um, you'll be impressed and it's a big deal. So, um, you know, I, I think choosing a, a division three school was, was the greatest North central in particular, obviously was the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. Um, and I'm incredibly thankful to obviously coach Keller for recruiting me here, but coach Bratlin for, for making my experience such a great one. Um, to build me into obviously a person that can then do that for others, right? Definitely, yeah. Very well said. And like you said, with the national tournament, um, it's still big and it's it's an awesome event. Um, actually, Jason Bryant, one of the main media guys in wrestling, was telling us whenever we interviewed him, just 
you hear him talk all the time too. D three, their D three national tournament is one of his favorite tournaments to cover. He just loves covering it. The, you know, the lot of passion, great, great, great crowds usually. Um, and it's just a great event. You know, obviously it was funny last year we had our, our freshmen make nationals at heavyweight and he, he, he was mainly a PA guy and he's been to PA States and he's seen all that. They do a great job at the Hershey center, but he said, there was nothing like that experience, even though we didn't get to have it, just working out in the arena at Cedar Rapids, which I think is one of the best ones. I think it's awesome. After oh, they yeah. it's redid great. it. I love it. Yeah. It's so hopefully, and that will be the host, not this year, obviously lacrosse this is this year, but the year after we'll be back at Cedar Rapids. So we're looking forward to that, but uh, man, it was great having you on the podcast. You're definitely a busy man. Um, you know, we appreciate you coming on. We wish you the best of luck this year. And, you know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, hopefully everything works out. We'll see you at nationals.